This is a very interesting talk. You know, we have a new president uh, and his policies are going to affect uh, real estate. You know, it's going to affect so many things. Um, and I just uh, um, learned this uh, piece of Chinese philosophy that I want to uh, share with you uh, is that uh, there's always going to be um, changes, right? Changes is going to create cracks. It's like, so think foundation. If you have the, the crack and, you know, over time it gets bigger and bigger, you know, it's bad, right? But if you're looking at um, um, uh, uh, this as an opportunity when things uh, are actually uh, kind of opening up, uh, if you can stay on top of the trends, uh, then you can actually make a lot of money. They're, they were using an example of uh, uh, things happening, you know, there's some kind of economic uh, crash. I think it was, um, I think it, it was about 20 years ago, uh, where uh, the Thai uh, currency um, uh, went down and then it kind of created a chain uh, global effect. Uh, and that was the beginning of the uh, economic crisis. Uh, and so somebody made a lot of money uh, through that crisis because he knows this thing changes coming. So, okay, so without further ado, let's uh, talk about uh, the changes. Uh, so, the, so this slide, what we have is uh, if we look at the, um, the volume of commercial real estate transactions, right? What the trend is, it has uh, trended down in uh, 2020. I think that's what I get from uh, main, mainly this. But if you also kind of look at around 2008, 2009, that was where uh, we had the big uh, recession. Next. Uh, so each of these gray uh, bars that's vertical uh, is a period of, of recession. And so uh, what you're looking at at the top is the rental vacancy rate. As you can see uh, in 2020, so a couple of, you know, so many things you can get from, uh, uh, from this chart here, because you can see how it was doing uh, during the previous recessions, uh, the vacancy was going up for the rental vacancy. Uh, but here uh, in our most more recent recession, it uh, came down and then it starts coming back up. I think uh, there's a lot of, um, uh, reasons, you know, everybody know about the eviction uh, memorandum that's uh, trying to, you know, reduce the homely, homelessness uh, in the world or in, in America because we wanted to uh, stop the, uh, the, the diseases from spreading. Um, and so uh, you can see that, you know, not much uh, eviction, you know, eviction has become a hot topic uh, amongst a lot of landlords. And then also, if you look at uh, home vacancy rate, it has, has also come down. Um, I think, I think uh, that's one of the biggest um, uh, trends, right? That real estate investors have been talking about. Next, please. Uh, so here, you know, you, if you look at the price of the asking rent, it uh, shot up a lot. Everybody needs a home. The housing market is piping hot uh, right now. Inventory is very low. And... Um, you know, everybody wants to uh, be in a place, right? Next, please. Uh, so, so, uh, so I kind of mentioned this this earlier. You know, the uh, housing market is so it's so hot. Inventory is very low, and so all the houses are getting bidded up. A lot of houses are going out out of the market um, uh, within a couple of hours, and they get. There was this one home that I was looking at uh, in Irving here in in the DFW area, Dallas-Fort Worth area, 
um, and uh, it had 20 offers. Next, please. Uh, quarterly ownership rate. Uh, so, so this one, uh, if, if we kind of see the, uh, on the period of the recession, um, I actually, you know, to be honest with you, I, I did not quite have a, um, uh, a conclusion out of this one. It looks like it, uh, we shot up uh, in, uh, through the year and then it's, it's starting to come down a little bit. So people are uh, ha having more ownerships. More people are buying homes is what, what you're saying, a little bit, bit more. Next, please. Okay, so uh, three key effects. So these are kind of the reason we're here. I wanted to talk about the four, four, four uh, uh, biggest things. The first thing is uh, 1031 exchange. Uh, Jason, Matt and I we were just uh, talking about it uh, right before uh, this webinar. You know, this 1031 exchange is big uh, because, you know, for high incomers, you know, they may uh, cut it. Uh, and the and the words are pretty. I think the single was pretty strong. That if the proposal gets uh, gets passed, it's gonna get cut uh, for the real estate investors that are high income earners, and this is gonna uh, potentially decrease the supply for these investors uh, because uh, the investor will choose to hold the property uh, and not sell it. Uh, so maybe I wonder if everybody um, uh, is familiar with the 1031 exchange. Let's talk about that. Um, I want to hear some engagement from our audience. 1031 exchange. What is a 1031 exchange? Maybe we can have uh, a guest uh, explain the 1031 exchange for us. Uh, okay, so uh, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll explain that, and maybe I'll call out uh, Tim uh, uh, next. On the next one, so the 1031 exchange uh, is when you make a capital gain on real estate. There's a period of time where you can uh, work on the, uh, do this program, uh, where you, you don't have to pay taxes on capital gains tax. Uh, so you know, real estate investors were making money through capital gain, right? So uh, if if uh, for the higher incomers, if they um, if they can't. Uh, get the, you know, the tax incentive is driving them to want to hold the, the properties longer. Well, that makes sense. Next, please. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting uh, from the audience. Uh, if you guys look at the chat, uh, it, uh, it explains better than what I did. Okay, the next one is the environmental regulation. So uh, nowadays, the, uh, these are the, the three keywords. Uh, it's sustainability, it's uh, green, green energy, green and clean energy. So anything that uh, helps with uh, the environment is going to be in. There's a lot of programs that incentivize uh, uh, these type of um, uh, these type of programs. It's about uh, sustaining. Next. Okay, so uh, uh, Biden also has promised additional spending. Uh, they have pledged $5.4 trillion in additional spending to, uh, to stimulate the economy and push the retail. Next, that's why I put that. 
Okay, so the last one is the opportunity zone. And uh, what the opportunity zone uh, program allows you to do is to invest your capital gains for a property uh, when you sell a uh, real estate or, and actually maybe even uh, uh, other type of capital gains. Um, uh, I was always thinking about real estate, but for real estate investors, uh, let's say you have the capital gain, you can invest your capital gain in the funds that invest in the opportunity zone and there are very, very strong tax incentives uh, for you to do so. Like you can write off some taxes. Uh, and I think if you leave your money in there for over 10 years, um, uh, and I didn't I, I catch it very well, but uh, what my understanding is that uh, the entire uh, capital gain can be uh, eliminated. Uh, now, what this uh, incentivized uh, people to do uh, right now is to invest in high-end uh, buildings because if you make a lot of big capital gain, you know, you can um, go in there. It's basically like a gentrification, gentrifying uh, area, right? They're identifying this opportunity zone uh, to, you know, they're, they're, I guess, uh, encouraging a lot of money to go into the zone to gentrify the area. Uh, and so uh, right now they are incentivizing too much high-end development uh, and they're going to be uh, changing the policy to encourage uh, more affordable housing and uh, more communities uh, in that in that area yep that's all I, all the notes I have for this slide so uh, that's it that's the updates oh okay so uh, maybe we uh, should we be talking or should we be uh, discussing? I, I think, uh, Jason, you had something that you wanted to share earlier on the 1031 exchange. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think it's kind of one of those avenues that have been uh, kind of a privilege that investors have had and that it's a pretty big change to take it away. So it could affect a lot of different investing models or just kind of like the frequency that you do cells and just like little things and um and the market yeah, so, is hot you know the hot right. market is hot right now inventory is so low uh if uh if this uh passes then what happens is i'm not going to be interested in selling my my investment properties you know and there's going to be lead to less even less inventory we're going to drive the real estate like real real high that's what i think you know, yep. And then if the bubble bursts, so like if inventory starts coming back, then prices are probably going to fall. So I mean, then you start playing the game. Should I sell everything now? And then like you kind of run into that um, limit a lot quicker than you would normally if you're holding for appreciation and stuff like that. So Yeah, and if uh, for those of you for our attendees, if you have um, you know something to discuss, or if you have your insights, your comments, or any suggestions about the discussion for today, please do raise your hand so I can allow you to talk, and you can join the discussion with Steve, Jason, and Juan. You know, um, I thought COVID was going to have uh, at the beginning. Uh, like May, somewhere around May, June, I thought, I thought COVID was going to have uh, pretty negative 
impact on real estate. And in particular, we had two major projects that were going and, and I really thought I, I was, I was a bit nervous. And, and then what I saw was um, real estate investors becoming really, really creative. Um, and I, and I think that's something that's, I think that's starting to become more of a trend and, 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 I, and I don't see it as a, as a fad, but more of a trend that's, that real estate investors are looking at. And I think investors in general, but I think we're, we're, starting, we're starting to look at uh, how can whatever happens, uh, how can I use it to benefit uh, my investments? And whether we hold it longer, whether we whether we sell it in bulk, whether we go and purchase more, whether we, whether we you know, do new builds or rehabs or, or whatever. I, I think that the, the exit strategies, uh, we're starting to, we are starting to create uh, or discover uh, more and more creative ways of, of exiting um, the certain investments. And I think that, that uh, creative investors will find a way to, to make, um, their mark. Um, and, and I think becoming part of a, of a really good real estate uh, investors group, uh, I think also, uh, you know, being able to have data uh, immediately or, or more immediately, you know, quicker data, um, better deals, more things out there, uh, being able to use tools like Real Estate IQ has, uh, those kinds of things are going to make um, are going to be what, what's going to help uh, investors, people who stay on top of the market, people who, who pay attention to what's happening, what are the trends that are going around globally, um, I think are, are, are going to benefit um, no matter what administration is in, in, in the White House uh, or even what, what, the, what Congress looks like, who, who controls Congress or not. I think, I think people can become really creative. And these are those, those moments where where you kind of, where we kind of really have to sit down and think about how, how can I be creative? Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, you know, where are the change coming and how do we, you know, feel that change? Or how do we like adjust to that? Um, I think that's, that's crucial. Yes. But yeah, I see a lot of uh, investors are doing very well right now. I just uh, talked to uh, this, this new client in Tampa. Uh, and he got two deals under contract and he, he already assigned one, I think, you know, within like 30 days of, you know, using our product and using our data and getting the thing. So we're going to ask him for a testimonial. <laughs> Next, Definitely. please. A soft plug for Real Estate IQ. <laughs> um, oh, uh, I think we have, we had a question. Uh, the question is uh, for opportunity zone investing. Uh, can I please? Can I um, uh, repeat the uh, the gentrifying a little bit? So uh, gentrification uh, is uh, when I think I guess uh, you know I don't I don't know I hope I'm not using you know uh, um, uh, I, I want to make sure I'm using PC words gentrif 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 <laughs> this is life, isn't it? Gentrification. Uh, gentrification. Gentrification. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, stuttering on this uh, for the longest time now. This is going to become my... No, I will get past this mental block. Uh, um, so gentrification. Am I doing it? Uh, we're going to keep going. 
the gentrification is about uh, when an area, I, I guess, uh, is going from a little uh, kind of more uh, like older, older area. A lot of times they, uh, they want to like redevelop an area in downtown, for example, and they would do things to encourage more investment in the area. Uh, and so this is what uh, this opportunity zone is all about is like, hey, you know, put your money here. You know, there's, we're not going to tax you, basically. We're going to give you a big tax break to encourage more money to get in here. And so they're going to be developing that uh, opportunity zone over time, you know, maybe in 10 years or so. And if I could add to that definition just a little bit, it's the process when basically an old rundown neighborhood starts improving because of all of these um, incentives and stuff like that for people to go there. So it encourages wealthier people to move in, it encourages businesses to move in, and the area goes from, you know, an old rundown area to a newer area with wealthier people. It, 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 it's a trend that happens. Um, it's kind of cyclical. I mean, there, there are neighborhoods who start off really nice and eventually fall off. You know, people ran to the suburbs and they started going to the suburbs and people moved out because uh, the urban core, um, a, lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of negative activity was happening. And so people moved out. And then as cities started to realize, hey, you really want to uh, bring uh, investment back into the downtown areas and things like that, they started allowing, um, uh, like you said, you, you give uh, in, uh, tax incentives, all these kinds of things, bring in industry, you start putting those things in, into place. Uh, you get, you get uh, restaurants, you, you create areas uh, of, of space where you allow uh, shops, you create different kinds of investment uh, where you allow you know, residents above uh, commercial property underneath. And, those kinds of things. So, so people start wanting to see that. And, you know, Austin, when I first moved to Austin, it, the downtown area became a ghost town at 530 in the evening. I mean, mm. it, was, it was, everybody was gone. Uh, that was, that was in, in the eighties. And, you know, uh, now you go downtown at all hours of the day or night and, and there's, there's hustle and bustle because people started to develop that town. And then now that's, that's actually east to the east of I-35 where people, East 35 used to be a, not only a physical, but a psychological border. Um, and now you have, you know, a lot of these mixed communities happening. So where, where gentrification is, is uh, a detriment, I think sometimes to, to more impoverished communities, um, it also creates the opportunity for cities to really do some, some creative um, ways to keep um, both high, higher end homes and moderate homes in so that the diversity stays in place. And I, and I think that cities are starting to see the benefit of, of, of both communities coming together. So I, th I think that, I think in a sense, we're learning. Uh, we don't have it quite down yet, but we're learning from it. I think that's very well said. Um, I also wanted to add uh, uh, that um, uh, I think real estate investors, you know, a lot of fix and flippers, you know, the gentrification area is kind of that area where you can go in and uh, get value and 
make create value. Um, I think uh, I I think I see a benefits for real estate investors to do that because it's just kind of you know that's where the opportunity is. Uh, next question: What do we? What do you think about real estate market when the eviction moratorium ends? Who wants to talk about this one? <laughs> well, I know that I, I know um, most of the investors that I've talked to that have buy and holds have been receiving their rent just fine. Or if somebody had trouble, they work with them. Maybe they reduce it a little bit, yep. make an agreement. I only know one person who had somebody who just flat out stopped paying. And back when they lifted it very briefly in August or September, some sometime in there, they lifted it briefly and then they put it back in place. Uh, he filed for eviction and then the person called the court the day of the of their appearance and said, I was exposed to COVID, so I can't come in. And so he was really wanting to offload that property. So I think there's gonna be a lot of people who are landlords who are gonna to want to offload those properties that have not been paying. I think this is a, this is a fa uh, really cool discussion because uh, now we are looking at the potential of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, I feel, okay, so this is, I'm making a bold prediction. So please don't hold me to this, but they are talking about extending uh, uh, the timeline to September. And I think as long as um, COVID is still around or, or unless uh, the majority of our population is, is vaccinated, I feel that they probably wouldn't uh, be, I guess, I think they will keep ex extending it. This is just my, my thoughts. Um, and I also, um, so another one is, you know, we're talking about uh, 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 this. We are also going to be uh, talking about uh, the forbearance. You know, a lot the first wave of forbearance application uh, is going to uh, come up by the end of March. So they're expecting, I think I read uh, 1.5 to 1.6 million uh, houses uh, that when they're going through uh, forbearance. So what's going to happen there? You know, that's going to, be a, a huge uh, inventory of, of houses flooding the market. So, so good, good opportunities, but you know, what does that, what does that really look like? What kind of, what, what's gonna happen? I, I, the, the question in the, in the chat was, I think very similar to the one in the question as what, what do you see, Greta asked, what do you see as a fallout when the moratorium on evictions are lifted? And I think uh, both Becky and Steve, uh, we're addressing that exactly, uh, but but I but I I I'm I'm one of the folks who who work with uh, I, I worked with my wife and I worked with our tenants uh, on on several people people lost their jobs. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't like they didn't want to go to work. It wasn't like they didn't want to pay the rent. They 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 lost their job. But one of the things that has happened is that those people uh, became even more. Um, committed to doing what they could to pay their rent uh, because we worked with them um, for a good while where we even removed rent for a couple of months from them. So they didn't have to worry about that. You know, they need to put our food on their table and things. And, and those people were like, you know, whenever it's time to sign up again, we're going to re-up the lease. And, and they have been 
great tenants. Um, and, and I don't foresee that changing. Uh, so, so I think, I think there's a flip. I think there are some people who, who are taking advantage of it, but that, that's just going to be the nature of, of how things, how things work. And we have to work with, within the, within that system. Um, the, the, the foreclosures, um, pe some people think that the moratorium keeps them from being foreclosed on. And, and so as investors, we have, you know, to be kind of, again, very astute to, in speaking with, with, with folks and saying, you're not being removed from the home, but the foreclosure is still happening. At some point, you're going to be asked to leave. And now you have all these fees and the longer you stay in the home, the harder it's going to be. And so I think helping those people uh, get to the point where it's like, yeah, we'll sell you the property. But in that process, being good investors and saying, hey, we're going to help you find a place that you can afford or we're going to help you move or those kinds of things are, again, creative ways to, to, to help uh, people out because, you know, investors have a really bad, uh, have a bad rap. And we sometimes get that bad rap of you're just trying to, you know, take my house away. But it's, it's really how, how can we be creative to help people in a bad situation uh, and, and improve their situation from what they are currently. I didn't understand rural housing in demand going forward. Can you expand on that? Let me check if I'm saying that correctly. I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Can you expand on rural housing and in demand going forward? I'm, gu I'm guessing maybe he's referring to a trend that people are moving away from the urban areas where they're living so close together. Uh, because of COVID, they want a little bit more space and want to yeah, have a little space between them and their neighbors. <laughs> I think that's what you're asking, how much of that is going on. I don't know how much. I know it's happening. from the urban areas and look, yep, that's what he's saying, and, and looking for affordable housing. Uh, I just uh, I just spoke with uh, uh, this uh, this uh, a young career you know, early career uh, lady uh, I think it was today or yesterday um, and she works in uh, New York and now she lives in Utah because you know Manhattan very very expensive. And Utah, you know, you're away from everybody too. So I think it'll depend too, like on um, how, when things kind of go back to normal, if companies will keep the remote type work or if uh, it'll be more back in the office setting every day. Are, are you asking the question or are you making that statement? No, I was just commenting. Yeah, I think it's okay. still like, it's hard to predict anything because we don't know, like, I mean, if people have the opportunity to work remotely, then yeah, I'm sure it would make it more sense to move out. But until we know for sure how people recover. The, the, the only prediction I guess I'm willing to make on, on that is that I don't think we're going to go back to what we called normal. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that's going to take, I think that's going to take a really long while but I think the 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 where I think we're moving more and more towards. I think this disruption has caused um, everybody, companies, corporations, you name it, um, even individuals, um, 
uh, almost to what Facebook, I think maybe, maybe, maybe wanted to do where they wanted people to connect um, Zoom, the Google meets, these kinds of uh, conversations. You can have virtual conversations with people around the globe and, and come and meet and create and, 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 and create different opportunities. So, so I think the new norm, uh, I think the norm is, is going to look more like we have right now. I, I, that's my prediction. Mind you, I am not Nortradamus, so. I also kind of, uh, I would personally say that within our organization, because we have a lot of folks uh, remote, uh, and I think through this technology, I think we're also, as an organization, learning how to work together better because everybody is forced to, right, work online uh, virtually, and I think we're learning how to do that better. There's always, there's always been uh, issues with uh, remote working also. Uh, but I think over time, we're getting better. 